Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited for you to hear episode number 84 of our podcast. You're going to hear from Coach Casey Pruitt today. Coach Pruitt's the defensive coordinator at Johnson High School in the Hayes Consolidated Independent School District, Kyle, Texas, near Austin. This is a brand new school, a lot of enthusiasm in Casey as they're building this this brand new football program in, in, in a brand new school in a growing area. He's married to Megan. They have two kids, but most of all, just an incredible man of God, high character. I cannot wait for you to hear from Casey, so let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Casey. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Excited to, uh, to, to talk and, 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 and fellowship and just excited about being here. You bet. So I always like to start these off, just background information, so the listeners kind of get an idea of who you are. So if you Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up, um, sports growing up, um, okay. your family, and then maybe a little bit about your family today. Uh, I grew up in a, a small town. Um, it's between Waco and Austin, uh, Salado, Texas. Um, I grew up there, um, lived kind of out in the country, um, you know, grew up, you know, fishing, hunting, playing sports. I played you know, as a, as a youth, I played baseball and football and, and basketball. And then getting into junior high and high school, I, only, I mainly focused on football and baseball. I wasn't, found out I wasn't really that good at basketball. <laughs> but uh, um, played sports um, all through high school and, and, and had some very influential coaches in, in, in my life. Um, that's kind of why I became a coach. Um, but I, uh, my mom and dad still live in Salado. I got a sister. Her name's Carrie. She's an educator um, as well. Uh, my mom is in education, um, so come come kind of from a, a line of educators. Um, but as of right now, uh, I'm in Buda, coming from Corsicana. I'm at, at Hayes uh, High School, and uh, or not Hayes. I'm at Johnson High School in Hayes CISD, uh, coming from Corsicana. This is a brand new school. Um, we haven't started yet. We'll start in August. Um, and so uh, got two kids, Jackson and Maggie. My wife, Megan, is an assistant principal. And uh, that's just a little background information on me. Wow, that's a, definitely an education family. Yes. Sounds like you and your, sounds like you and your wife are continuing. Yes, we, uh, we, are, we, we love it. We both got our master's a few years ago. Um, she decided to get into administration. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm still, I still love coaching. I still feel like God has me in this profession for a reason. And, uh, so, but yeah, we're, we're continuing, we're continuing educators. That's awesome. So did growing up, was it a, did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you realize, <clears throat> you know what, man, uh, I need a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I wouldn't say I really grew up in a family of faith. Now we went to church, you know, on the holidays on Easter and, and Christmas, but I, we weren't regular. We, we, we did not, you know, really go to, 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 to church. And, um, I would say my family now, my mom and dad are, are, are very strong in their faith, but, uh, growing up as a kid, I would not say that we were just a, a huge family of faith. Um, I actually always tell the story cause it's such a, there's such a power, uh, of influence from peers. Um, I got invited to a youth group, I think when I was 12, by another athlete that I played junior high football with, uh, a guy named Tucker Wilhite. He invited me, kind of peer pressured me into going to a youth group night thing. And uh, and so 
Um, I went with him, um, kind of fell in love with the youth group, um, had a great, a great youth pastor, got a max chance. Who's now a, a pastor in New York. Um, and, and that's when I, uh, that's when I decided to uh, let Jesus in my life when I was 13. I, I think I was baptized when I was 13. Um, now saying that um, I left the church when I was in high school and kind of fell away from, um, from God uh, till I was probably about 27. Um, and then another peer pressure deal, a, a guy that is our assistant head coach here at Johnson Joey Rivera invited me and my family to go to uh, a Believer's Bible Church in there in Corsicano when I was around 27, and he kind of peer pressured me into going with him, and I kind of, uh, we went, loved it, and I kind of uh, got back into, um, back into my faith, um, so I took a little hiatus there for about 10 years, 10, 12 years, um, but got back into, um, got back into to, to Jesus, uh, when I was about 27, 28, and it was because of, uh, you know, being peer pressured by, you know, friends. So um, I always tell that story when I talk to athletes that it's okay to, you have a huge influence over the guys that you're around, um, you know, to, to, it's okay to peer pressure them to come in with you to church and, and, and to expose them to those things. It's also a reminder too to <clears throat> be careful um, and be intentional of who we surround ourselves with. No, you know, no surround doubt. Surround ourselves with good people, people of character, people of faith, because of mm -hmm. those reasons. We can build each other up. No doubt. That's good. So you mentioned that um, this new position, you just moved literally as we recorded this in the last mm -hmm. few days to Johnson High School. So talk about what it's like to, from the coach's perspective, of opening a new high school given the pressures of uh, high school football here in Texas? Oh, yeah. I'm, I would say being a high school football coach in Texas is one of the hardest jobs around um, because there's so many people pulling at you and there's so many hats you have to wear. Uh, and, and so the, the pressures are enormous. And, and I'm, you've talked to a lot of coaches and nothing but coach on your show, and I, I've heard a lot of them, you know, when you talk about that. But um, with this new high school, it's kind of uh, – it's kind of been refreshing uh, because right now we don't we we don't have students yet. We are working mm -hmm. with our kids. We don't have students, and so um, we're getting to establish our, our the starting traditions, the starting culture of what we want. Um, and so uh, it's been it's been a it's been a very eye opening experience because there's so many things you have to do to open a high school. There's so many things you have to order. There's so many things you, that you don't think about when you're already at an established school. Mm. Uh, you know, we just like we were talking the other day, like there's things that we're, that's going to come up in August that we didn't order that we forgot about because mm -hmm. you don't think of like, like who thinks of ordering trash cans for the weight room? <laughs> you know, that's nobody. True, yeah. I mean, who, who thinks of ordering paper towels for the bathrooms in, in the locker rooms? That's just, and little things like that. There's just so many things that you have to do. Um, and you can't and and you can't look over because when and when August hits, the kids are going to be there, and whether or not you're prepared, they're going to be there. Mm. And so, um, and it's been it's been awesome. We have a great principal, uh, Brett Mitch, and we have a, a, our athletic director uh, and head football coach, Coach Hoffman. We've just been we've been a team and and just trying to get things done and get things ordered and put the right people in place. 
our, our principal has hired some awesome, awesome teachers to, to be at the school and some awesome coaches. And so, but it, it, there's definitely those pressures. You know, we, we start, I, I was texting you last night. We were at seven on seven. And, and the good thing about down here, we're going to have a huge uh, parent base and they're all mm. seven on seven. You can, you, and I started kind of feeling that pressure as you did uh, as a coach, you know, uh, being around the parents and, and, and because you want to win, you want to win. And, and, and there's no doubt about that. And, and, and if you don't win in Texas, you know what happens. And so, um, but you know, it's, it's been an awesome eye opening experience and I've loved every minute of it. That's awesome. So you coached in a couple of different places. Uh, what would you say, it's your greatest memory or accomplishment so far in your career? So probably the greatest memory is at Corsicana in one season, we played in five overtime games, and we won all five over. We set a national record. Uh, wow. We played in five overtime games. Uh, yes, and if I believe right, they were all in a row. Um, and so – we set a national record for most overtimes in one season and then on top of that, most overtime wins. And so that's probably my greatest memory. It probably aged me by 20 years. Um, but, um, you know, I think another – I forgot what coach that I coached with said. He said, we were about seven yards from being a really bad football team. <laughs> and so uh, – uh, um, but, uh, no, those kids, they, they fought their tails off. Uh, they overcame a lot of adversity. They came together, and, and, and when it came down to it and we got in those situations to where we were uh, going to overtime, we knew that it was our game. They called us the, the OT Kings that year. <laughs> uh, so, uh, God definitely had our back during those five games. So, Yeah, that's awesome. What about um, greatest disappointment or challenge? So probably, um, yeah, I was thinking, I, you sent these questions and I was thinking about this. Um, greatest disappointment, just coaching. Now, not, not, now, this is not, you know, life goes on, but this is probably my biggest disappointment as a coach. Uh, I was a special teams coordinator at Corsicana, um, and uh, we, we, we took a lot of pride in doing that. We, in 2015, we had uh, we weren't the most talented group out there. We knew we were going to have to play really good special teams to to be successful and to make the playoffs. And and we had a really good group of seniors that really bought into what we were doing. Like I said, we weren't very talented, and we were probably one of the most talented districts in the state of Texas. Um, out of that district, I think there was five or six NFL football players alone. And so uh, we knew to compete and to be successful, we were going to have to do everything right. The kids bought into it. The seniors bought in the year before into the off season, into what we were doing. They were a great group of kids. I mean, I just, I loved them. Um, and so the last, it comes down to the last game of the season. We have to beat Ennis to get into the playoffs. Mm. Um, and like I said, the, the players that did everything right, they did everything we asked them to do. They bought in. They're a great group to be around. And it comes down, we were actually down in the game. Our offense makes a drive with a minute to go. We go on to score uh, to put us up. I think the score was 23 to 21. They, they they put us up with 30 seconds to go. We have 30 seconds in the game left, and it's 23 to 21. And here it comes down to a kickoff. And um, and I took this, you know, you, it's hard to just take a loss on your shoulders, but I kind of took this loss on my shoulders because of a few things that happened in the last 30 seconds. 
um, of the game. So all night we had been pooching to one side of the field. We hadn't been kicking it deep. Um, they had some really good returners, and, and I didn't want to kick deep to them. And so um, the whole night we pooched, we pooched to, the, to the right side of the field. Well, we had a strong win, and in my head I thought, if we can kick it out of the end zone, they'll get it on the 25. Our defense had been playing really good. Mm. Um, and then they have, they have 30 seconds to score. And so I, I had a lot of faith in our, our kicker. Was a, was a great kid. Um, he had a strong leg. And we had a really bad crosswind uh, bro- blowing to the left. And I thought, well, we can kick it deep left. Or we can kick it deep and get it out of the end zone. Um, well, I put that kicker in a position that he wasn't used to because we hadn't practiced that all week. Um, and that was totally my fault as a coach. And he, he goes to kick it deep. And the the wind caught it. And if you've ever been to Tiger Stadium, of course, Canada, the wind is like a tunnel through there. And it'll catch the ball and it'll just take it. Well, it, he kicked it out of bounds, and it wasn't his mm. fault. It was it was my fault as a it was my fault as a coach to put him in that position. Um, and so the wind took it, uh, it, it kicked it out of bounds, and so on top of that, we got a first foul on that kickoff. So uh, we end up having to kick the ball from our own twenty-five, um, and once again. Uh, we put our kicker in a bad position, or I, I put our, our kicker in a bad position, um, and uh, he kicked it. Um, one of their best players ended up getting the ball, ran it back to our own 25. Uh, they kicked the field goal to win the game uh, with uh, about eight seconds left on the clock. So, um, And I just saw the disappointment in those kids' eyes because they did everything we asked them to do. Uh, they were a great group of seniors that worked their tails off. And I felt like that was probably the biggest disappointment in my coaching career. Um, but I learned so much from that situation. Mm. Uh, I was very humbled. Um, I, I thank God put that situation uh, for me as a coach to, to realize a lot of things. Um, but, you know, here or there, you know, we, we, uh, we had a lot of opportunities to win that game too but with without ha- having to, to to rely on that last 30 seconds of the game but i still i still to this day i take that loss on my shoulders uh, even even if there's some other things we could have done differently but uh but i would, that's probably my biggest disappointment um as a coach like game time situation you know um now we've lost a football player before and that's probably the biggest thing that's the, that's mm. the worst thing you can go through as a as a coach in your career we lost a kid uh uh, a kid named Daquan Randall. Uh, now he was he he'd already graduated, but he was very close to our program, very close to to our hearts and coaches. And he died. Um, he died as a, when he was twenty years old. And that was that, now that's probably the worst thing you can go through as a coach. Um, and so, you know, the game the game is is something uh, that's that's a little compared to to losing a, to, uh, losing a player, a former player. So I can't I can't imagine. But listening to you talk about that that loss, that playoff loss, I mean, I mean, you said that you know God taught you so much. It's just amazing what if we allow um, ourselves and allow God to use those challenges or adversity to grow us, then um, then they're then they're good, you know. But a lot of times, you know, it's it's easy to take disappointment and let it wear us down instead of trying to trying to learn from it. Yeah, um, I was down. I really was. I, I, I questioned. I, I, and you know, that was one of the moments. And you know, looking back now, it was, you know, I got I, I did question God. Like, why did, why did, we, why did you put me in this situation? Why was mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't, 
I wasn't prepared for that situation at all. Um, but then you, you realize later on that there, you know, he, he did it for a reason. And, uh, <clears throat> it grew me as a, as a Christian, it grew me as a coach, grew me as a man. And so, um, you know, those situations are tough, but you, you definitely get put in those situations for a reason. That's right. So is there an athlete or two that you've coached just from pure athletics that just really just stands out to you? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Corsicana has a very long, um, very long history of producing great athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think per capita, uh, I think this, and I might be wrong on this, but per capita at Corsicana, they had more NFL football players for the town of that size than any other town in the, in the country. And so there's a course can had a lot of athletes there. Um, now, while I was there, there was a lot of athletes, a lot of hardworking kids, but one probably stands out is a kid named uh, Trey Owens. We call him T.O. Um, he, he, I saw him when he was in seventh or eighth grade, we were doing plyo boxes and he won, he one legged hopped over the tallest plyo box that you could, that you had. And I mean, that's, I, I think it's probably four feet. And it was, you just saw this kid is going to be something special. Um, he started at corner for us as a freshman. Um, and then he was our starting tailback as a sophomore. And at the age of 15, he broke the single season or the single game rushing record at Corsicana. He rushed for like 467 yards in a game. Um, he was unreal athlete, uh, unreal. Um, and, that spring going into his junior year, uh, freak accident happened. Uh, uh, he was, he, he ran, he ran, uh, I think it was inside zone or something. Linebacker came over the top and kind of just, they barely, they barely collided with each other, but he ended up breaking his neck. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so he, he came off to the side. He thought he had a stinger. Uh, and then he said, no, I, I might need to go to the hospital. They took him to the hospital and they realized that he broke his neck. Um, and never got to play football again. Um, now you're talking about something. You're talking about a disappointment. Um, I talk about that loss, Ennis, but I cried. I cried for the kid. I cried. Mm. He was. He is such a. I mean, I. I remember when he came back, and, and when Coach Hoffman, and Coach Rivera, I think, took him down to San Antonio to a neck specialist, and came back, and they said that he would never play football again. I don't know if I've ever felt that feeling before. And I don't know if I ever feel it again. I, my stomach dropped. I just immediately, I just teared up. And everybody, every coach, because we love the kid so much. And he had so much passion for the game. He was so talented. Um, and to know that he would never play football again, that that's that's a huge disappointment. That was such a kick in the gut. Um, but now, you know, he, I always tell his story, too, is, is – he did not let that get him down because T.O. came from a very rough background. Um, you know, he, he was raised by his grandparents. Um, he, he, he didn't have – nothing was ever given to him. And now he's given back to the community of Corsicana. He's a policeman. He's a police officer in Corsicana. Um, he is very successful. Uh, he, he's, he did everything right. And so um, he never let that adversity get him down. And he was always positive about everything. And he, he is such an influence on me. Um, you know, and I, I still keep in contact with him. I talk to him all the time, and I told him, I talked to him today, I said, man, you, you, you're such an influence on coaches, on players, on the town of Corsicana, um, and it's just, you know, it's awesome to see what he's doing now. Wow, that's a powerful story. Now, what would you say 
what role did your faith play in dealing through those? I mean, what I know your faith plays a big role in your coaching career, but now that you've mentioned, you know, losing a former player and then you got this guy T.O. who broke, you know, broke a neck, what role did your faith play in you dealing with that? And then, you know, maybe allowing, you know, God using you in other people's lives through that. Well, I think, I mean, that's, I know one of these questions that you were going to gonna ask me is what my favorite scripture is. Well, my favorite scripture comes from Matthew 17, 20, when he, when, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking about, if you have just the faith, the size of mustard seed, you'll tell this mountain to move from here to there and it'll move. Um, and, you know, reading that, reading the words, reading the scripture that, um, that God is going to have your back, that he will never forsake you, that he will never leave you. Um, you know, having that in the back of your mind at all times, I think allows you to get through the tough times because you're all, because there's no, there's no doubt about it. You know, that's why I love football. That's why I love sports is because it mimics life. Uh, mm. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, but what are you going to lean on when, th- when times get tough? What are you going to lean on when times get, you know, when you face that adversity? Uh, well, first of all, you're going to lean on your training. You're going to lean on what you've been taught. You've been taught uh, prior to it. And then you're going to lean on your faith. And that's what I lean on is, is, is first my faith and probably second my training after that. Um, but um, just knowing that, you know, God tells you you're going to go through hard times, and he, and he, but he's not going to leave you. You may think he's not there at the time, but um, God's timing is always right. You know, I, I heard uh, Dabo Swinney, I, I, he said, God doesn't make mistakes. You know, that was, that was I heard it a couple months ago, and I was like, you're, you know, that just something little, that little really touched me. I was like, man, that, you know, he, he doesn't say oops. He doesn't say, he doesn't, right. he doesn't look back. He doesn't say, oh, man, I should have done that. No, he knows. And so um, knowing that and knowing that God has a plan and, and, and having that faith um, helps me get through, you know, the tough times as a coach, as a man, um, you know, in my, in my personal life as well. That's good. That's good. You talked about how um, sports kind of mimics life. So I'm going to kind of jump down to another question, uh, kind of out of order of what I sent you. But, you know, we live in a culture that's divided, whether it be religious, politically, um, socioeconomics, race, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. What ro- how have you seen sports, though, take those barriers that hold us back and divide us, kind of tear those walls down, you know, and, and bring people together? I'm, I'm going to speak on, on football, you know, of course, sports, all sports, you know, uh, uh, bring people together, but I'm going to speak specifically on football. Um, is it is it's a tough sport. It's a tough sport to prepare for. Um, it's a tough sport to play, and you've got to lean on people to be successful. I, football is the ultimate team sport. Um, mm-hmm. If one person is not doing their job, you lose. Um, and the cool thing about it is, is, is I, I, I always like to say during two days, you know, everybody bleeds the same red. You know, you, when you bleed, your brother's blood is going to be the same exact color, no matter if you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic. It does not matter. You know, mm-hmm. the cool thing about football, football does not judge you on your background. It does not judge where you're from. It doesn't judge how much money you have because everybody can get hit in the mouth the same exact way. 
and you can deliver a hit the same exact way, no matter who you are. Um, and so, it, you know, when, when you're sweating with your brothers, when you're sweating, you're bleeding, and, and, and things get tough, and you look around, I think the last thing on somebody's mind is their skin color, is their religion, um, mm. what their home life's like. It does not matter. You're just thinking about, Okay, how am I going to survive this with my buddies? How are we going to, you know, go through this and, and, and accomplish our goals? And I think all that stuff goes out the window. My best friend in this world is Jesse Rodriguez. Okay, we come from totally two separate sides of the track. And football is, is the number one thing that brought us together. Because when I looked over in the weight room and I saw Jesse, he was hurting just as bad as I was. I didn't care what skin color he was. I didn't care where he, his background was from. I just knew that we were both doing the same exact thing, and it was tough, and we were doing it together. And so um, I think that, uh, you know, our culture today needs more of those experiences. They need to be able to, you know, when, when you're sweating with your brothers, it, that, that makes that, 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 that opens your eyes. And That's so right. when you get out in the real world, and when you get out in the real world and you see, man, all this other stuff is just is, is so minute. It's nothing. You know, I, I've bled with my, with my boys. I've sweat with my boys. I went through tough times with my boys. And, um, you know, a lot of people haven't experienced that in our culture today. And I, I think if they did, you know, the out, we wouldn't be so divided. You know? That's right. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, especially – because at Corsicana, we did, we had, there were so many backgrounds of, of students. You know, we had different ethnicities, different religions. We, and and um, when the country seemed to be very divided, you know, I never saw that in the locker room. We never heard it from our players. We never heard it from our athletes. Um, because, like I said, football doesn't care, you know. Um, football does not care where you're from. It does not care about your background. It just cares about the work you're going to put in with your buddies. And so that's awesome. That's um, good. That's it's what a I picture. see. Yeah, and it's a picture of how God designed us to live with each other, whether you know, the church the big C church, not just each individual church, but just oh yeah, believers. It's a beautiful picture of how God's designed us to to live and uh, we just seem to mess it up quite a bit. So how do you yeah? How do you balance um you talk about you know, coaching football, high school football, it's tough. So how do you balance that with uh, also being a husband and a dad? Um, I will say right off the bat, I'm probably the, wor I'm probably the worst in the world to talk about that subject because um, I don't – I've gotten better, but it's uh, – I, I thank God for my wife. Mm. Um, she is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate football coach's wife, and she understands – so much about the time that we put in um and without her i couldn't do what i i could not do what i do um she, and I, I don't have a great balance uh i've been working on that as a man that's something that i that i work on every football season um you know during football season it's football 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 but what i what i've done in in you know this past year i i, I try to get home um there's this, this huddle app, this app called Huddle, and you can watch practice, you can watch games on your phone. Mm -hmm. and I, I, I try to put my phone down and not watch the practice and not watch games um, until the kids go to bed. And so I, I try to spend as much time as uh, with, with them. Um, 
um, until until they go to bed. And my wife just she always she she nudges me when we're in bed, and, I, and I'm on my 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 phone watching huddle, watching the practice from the day before. Um, but um, we just try to find time. We we try to uh, we try to make time. Um, you know, we try not to talk about work because my wife has a very demanding job too. You know, she's a she's a yeah. vice principal, and and she and 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 we both we try to leave work at work and and try to enjoy each other's companies. Uh, and but during football season, it's hard. It's very tough. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm probably the worst in the world to talk about balance because our whole life revolves around football during football season. Um, so, but we just try to find time throughout the week to to to, to be with each other and enjoy each other. And and uh, you know, my son is always up the field house. He's 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 uh, running through the through the tunnel, and so you know he's part of it. You know, but we're all we're all in with that um with with the whole the whole football life that's awesome um so i'm gonna ask you for to offer some encouragement or advice so a lot of listeners we have are student athletes and coaches so you know there are some that are in places where it's a little more difficult to be bold in their faith um Mm -hmm. but you know, so what advice or encouragement would you offer them? You know, because athletics is a platform. It can be used for good or bad. So someone yes. really wants to utilize the platform that they have um, to be a little more bold. How would you encourage them? Uh, first of all, I would, I would say, um, like you said, athletes and, and coaches, you know, people are going to follow you. Um, you know, act right, act, act, uh, even when you're not around everybody else, you know, act right, uh, do the right thing. Um, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing, you know, um, and people will follow you. Uh, uh, something that I've been working on is, as well, uh, you know, serving others, you know, uh, put others, other people before yourself. Um, and I, you know, doing that and, and really, truly, caring about others other people um and really trying to serve them has helped me in my own life and i think if you do that as a as a player as an athlete as a coach people recognize that um because i think that just in with media with social media i think athletes get such a bad rap nowadays in our our culture you know when i was growing up i thought athletes i mean that's what i wanted to be you know michael jordan was like my favorite athlete of all time loved him you know, but now, you know, athletes get blasted every single day and, and over little things. And, of course, there's some athletes that aren't great role models. There's no doubt about that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Um, but, you know, you're going to be in the spotlight. As an athlete, as a coach, you're going to be in the spotlight, and people are going to follow what you do, and people are going to look up to you. And so um, I think, you know, as a word of encouragement is, is there's never, you know, there's never the wrong time to do things right. So do things right act right uh be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there you know um but that's kind of the encouragement i'd I'd give to listeners is serve others do right act right and i think things will fall into place for you man i love that serving others because i mean that's something i feel like i'm not gonna say is lost today but I just think that's a great way to to really have an impact and show people that you care because then if you want to win 
an audience to have a conversation, a faith conversation, a Jesus mm-hmm. conversation with them. If you've loved them, if you've truly cared and served, they're gonna they're gonna listen. Or if they're going through a difficult time, they're gonna come to you. There's no doubt. Yeah, that's. I mean, a, that, that's and that and that's something that I I try to work on daily, and I and I'm not the best at it. Like I, I I'm the poster child for for making bad mistakes, not doing and not not always being. Uh, the right thing or doing the right thing but i but I, you know you, that's that's the cool thing about the walk with with jesus and walk with god is is man he teaches you something every day and that's something that he's put on my heart the last few months is is really caring about other people you know and 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 i started trying to pray for other people more often and really uh like like we talked about serving others you know so you never you're never too old uh you're never too old to uh to start to start changing life and doing things right. That's right. One last question. Um, two words that we hear a lot in sports, all in. Um, you know, it's all over chin straps, T-shirts, towels, flags. It just, mm-hmm. you know, but it's also what Jesus calls us to do, to be. If, we're, if we claim to follow him, he says, deny ourself and follow me, you know. So what does that look like for you, Casey, in a daily walk with Christ for you to be all in? Um, just my daily life with that is, is as I try to, and I try, I try to get up every morning and I try to give thanks. I mm-hmm. give, I, I try to pray at least three to four times a day. Um, and that helps me because not just asking for stuff, but giving thanks and, 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 trying to get guidance and what I need to do. Um, you know, that's what kind of my all in is at this point in time in my life is what do I need to do? Because I'm still, I'm still, uh, in my eyes, um, kind of a, uh, a baby when it comes to the, comes to faith. Like I said, I, you know, just a few years ago, I, I accepted Jesus back into my life. And so I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to learn, I'm so I try to get into scripture. Uh, I try every night. I, I try to like I right now I'm reading Acts. Um, uh, I try to read a uh, you know a chapter a night, two to three chapters a night, um, and that's what my my life looks like right now. Praying, getting into the scripture, trying to kind of find out what what God wants me to do on a daily basis. Um, you know, and yeah, do I fault? Do I fault? Do I do I not do the right thing sometimes? Yes, but I know that. I know I just try to keep on trucking along um, with with what God wants me to do and asking for his guidance. Man, that's good. I mean, that's a good reminder for me because, I mean, there's a lot of times you wake up and the busyness of the day, you know, kind of takes over. But I like what you said, though. We get in this rut of when we pray, it's always asking for things. Mm-hmm. You know, I need this or heal this person. I need, you know, and those are all great things to pray for, but. Um, I, I too struggle with and I'm trying to improve on just thanking God for, I mean, he woke us up today. Yeah. That's, that's know, I had the ability to get out of bed and go to, to work. Um, but I also am thankful I have a job to go to. I mean, just thanking God for things like that. Thanking God for my family mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I, you know, what you said just really hit me hard because I, I get that's something I, I know I need to improve on because I get mm-hmm. this. Brother, OK, God, you know what I got to do today? So um, I need to do this, this and this. Can you help me with this, this and this instead of I'm just saying, wait. 
And I think I, th- I think another thing that kind of changed the way my thought process uh, with God is 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 I started thinking God as like I started thinking of God as my dad, and I and I, that's something that I heard somebody say a couple of years ago. And you know, your dad wants the best for you, and sometimes you don't think that. You know, sometimes mm. sometimes you're like, man, what, you know, God is doing this, and I don't know why He's doing it, but you know, just like you know, I have a son. And, 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 and having that thought process of, of God as being my, you know, cause we always say, when I pray, I would say, father, well, you know, I don't know if I ever thought about God as that my actual father, you know, um, until probably a few years ago. And then I started having that thought process of, yes, God is my father. He, he does want, he, he wants me to come to him. And, you know, just like my kids, I don't always like when my kid comes to me and asks me for things, you know, Daddy, can I do this? Daddy, can I do this? Daddy, can I have this? Can I, well, no. And that's the same thing with God is, you know, yes, does God want to, does he want us to ask him for things? Of course, there's no doubt. But he also likes, you know, God also wants us to praise him and to, and to love him and to and to think of him as, as our father and to, um, you know, to really praise him. So that kind of changed my thought process on praying um and and in my daily walk too so that's awesome hey i I know you got a lot going on uh with the move and you know just getting her to kick things off for summer conditioning so i appreciate you taking a few minutes and um being flexible on timing too yeah yeah well thank you for having me on sir man i've really enjoyed it you bet. Thanks again to Coach Pruitt for taking time of his busy schedule to, to join us and to share just a glimpse into his story and what's going on and building a new program. But most of all, just encouraging us in our walk with Christ to, to um, always give thanks, to have gratitude. But we also, also always need to be looking forward and to be seeking wisdom. And the, the true source of wisdom comes from Scripture and surrounding ourselves with other godly men and women in our lives. But also he, he talked about the role of sports in our culture that, you know, you have a common goal. We talk about this with a lot of our guests is that there's so many things in our culture that divides us, but when you get on the football field, you have a common goal and you put aside the differences. You know, he said that football doesn't judge you. There is no race, there's no politics, there's no religion, there's no socioeconomic status. It's one common goal. And to me, it's just a beautiful picture of how we in culture should be living. One common goal of loving God and loving others. We should not see the many things that divides us. So thank you, Casey, for that reminder for all of us. And, you know, just a couple simple takeaways as I'm looking at my notes. He just says it's never a wrong time to do right. And I know I've heard that all my life, and um, I quote that a lot. But do I really understand it and live it every day? And if we're really going to make a difference in, if you're a coach, in in your team, in your, in, in your staff, or no matter what career you're in, 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 in the business world, in your family. If you're really going to make a difference, it's about serving others. It's about truly caring about others. That is the biggest takeaway I wrote down, was just to continue to focus on serving others, others first. 
that's how we make a difference in those around us, no matter where you find yourself today. So I would encourage you to share this episode with a family member or a friend that you think may need to hear some encouragement today. I would also ask you that if you're not a current subscriber to this podcast, that no matter what podcast platform you use, that you would just click that little word subscribe. And lastly, leave us a review. The more reviews we get, those five-star reviews, the greater the platform we have to continue sharing the gospel through media and just telling stories because you have a story, I have a story, everybody has a story and there's power in stories. You can't argue with someone's story. We can argue facts, we can argue opinions all day, but we cannot argue your story or my story. That's why we do this. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can go to our social media platforms. Um, you can interact with us via Facebook, via Twitter, via Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find out opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, and to give. You can also go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out any and everything you want to know about us. Look forward to hearing from you. But thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers.